How do I tell my family something that will be hard for them to hear? What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers. We're therapists. We're not afraid of your questions. So bring it. All right, Tyler. Uh, before we get into that, got a really, really nice review here. So this is from Paleo Conservative, and it says, these guys are completely committed to recovery. They know how to help educate people, have an amazing amount of outreach, and generally give the tools to lead a happy and healthy life. I appreciate their sharing, therapy, mindset, and just overall compassion to people with addiction and betrayal. God bless. That's awesome. Thanks a lot, Paleo. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope the diet's going well. (laughs) That's a hard one, man. I've tried to do the paleo thing. That was pretty difficult for me. Yeah, low carb. Yeah. Caveman. Yeah. Man, Tyler, we we had a good weekend, didn't we? It was a great weekend, man. We had a, it was, yeah, we just got back from uh, a trip to Texas where we got to go hang out with just the three boys in our family and four boys and another family that we grew up with of our cousins. And it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, we, me and Tyler were trying to, uh, wake surf and couldn't really master it. <laughs> we, tried, <laughs> we tried over and over and, uh, we, we ate it a lot and, but it was fun. It was good, good stuff. So just boys trip, having a good time. Yeah. Uh, it was that's good. what life's all about. So, um, shout out to our wives who who were who took care of everything while we went, and uh, just to our cousins who were awesome hosts and just fun to be with. So, um, and it's just good to spend time with Tyler. We, we sit and talk about serious stuff all the time, but uh, Tyler's he's a goofball and a little bit crazy. And our other brother, uh, we'll, maybe we'll do a full episode on him sometime. So uh, we could do we could do like a full series on him. <laughs> He's the, he's the man. <laughs> he's the best. So, um, anyways, I, you know, uh, let's jump into the question. Okay. Let's Tyler. do it. Um, so this question, actually, we're talking about family. We're talking about family relationships and being close and things like that. Um, so this question is really a, a fascinating one. Um, it's pretty long. So I'll, I'll read the question and then we'll dive into it. So it says, I was raised conservative Christian, and now my views are very much not what they were. But my family still thinks they are the same. I struggle with guilt, and I'm terrified to tell my family that I'm no longer part of that church or following their teachings, as it will really hurt them. They believe this is the only way to be saved. How can I find my way to my own spirituality? How can I tell them? Do I tell them? If I do... How do I handle the backlash of telling them? How do I stop feeling guilty? Please help. It's a great question. This is a tough, tough question that I think a lot of people really struggle with. And when we talk about, when we talk about topics like spiritual beliefs and religion, it's like a lightning rod because there's such deep-seated feelings and emotions for most people on all sides that, that really run directly to the heart. So it's, it's really difficult for a lot of people to have open and supportive and understanding conversations around these topics. Right. Um, but Tyler, I believe, 
um, the prince, there's certain principles that whether they're lightning rod topics, uh, there's certain principles that bring peace and bring healing. And as difficult as, as like a question like this is, I think if you follow through on these principles, then you're going to be better off and you're going to be healthy and you're going to be, you're going to find some happiness. So should I get into like Let's a few do, of those? Yeah. Why don't you share a couple of what those principles are here? Okay. So I can totally see the dilemma here. Um, you don't want to hurt people that you love. And at the same time, you want to be able to be free to explore your own spirituality and, and live in your truths. And you don't want to comply and just go along with things out of fear of your family's backlash. Um, and so there's a big dilemma here, right? Um, I believe, here, here's a principle that I believe in, that hiding in fear causes suffering. It, it causes an incongruency with our integrity and it, it, it causes us to get stunted and trapped. Um, that it's better to face fear and face difficulty and deal with conflict than it is to appease and hide behind the fear. Um, it's painful and it's hard, but it's, it's the thing that will set you free and help you find peace. What do you think about that, Tyler? I think everything you're saying is right, Brandon. It's, I mean, it sounds great when you say it verbally, but when you actually put when you actually put the real consequences on the table of what that actually could potentially mean, it sure feels a lot differently than the way you're saying it. Well, um, finding peace at first. Um, well, uh, Marsha Linehan, she says, um, the pathway out of hell sometimes is through misery. And sometimes instead of facing the misery, we just fall back into hell. And we stay there. And we stay in that hell because the misery of actually going through something that's difficult and painful is just too overwhelming. And so what, what I'm not saying is, hey, just sit your family down and it'll be just wonderful and they'll hug you and be so happy that, that you know, you're doing this thing. Um, that could happen. That's not out of the realm of possibility. But chances are it won't. And... You're, the misery that you're going to have to face is their grief, their sadness, maybe their anger um, or their force, their control, trying to guilt you back into something. Um, that's all scary stuff, really scary stuff. Um, so you might fall back into the hell, which is this um, inauthentic, incongruent, compliance-based spirituality. Um, so, yeah. Which, I, which, is, which is hell. Yeah. Like, to be, going, to be going through the motions of something without the heart of it to go with it is, I, I can't think of many other things in life that can be more miserable than trying to perform your way into some level of spiritual connection that you don't actually believe in. And, and I think maybe yeah. we should back up even a little bit further and just say that, you know, to whoever's asking this question, like, 
this is a really common thing. Like you can't really, I don't think people, if they're really being honest with themselves, can't get through their entire life without going through some level or multiple levels and different versions of a wrestle with God or call it a crisis of faith Absolutely. or something else. It's almost like that's, that's part of the nature of how life is. And if we, and if we don't accept that that's true, then we end up running the risk of finding ourselves in a hollow, shallow relationship with a religion or a God that, that doesn't actually yield the results. And I think sometimes the, the main thing here is, is that we should be able to give ourselves permission to be in constant process. And, and because these things are so close to the heart and they're so tied to shame and there's so much fear, you know, think about like a traditional Christian valued uh, upbringing, you know, everyone's just rigid. Yeah. There's, there's often this, like, there's often this sort of religious belief system that, that sort of fosters a culture that doesn't allow for a lot of space to do the wrestling because what happens if I, what happens if I decide to go and ask a few questions about my religion and maybe I stray off the, 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 the path for a moment the implications of that in a Christian family often is like, uh-oh. And, and listen I'm, how you said that, stray off the path. Like, like right. you're a wandering soul who's... The, exactly. The, the wandering soul becomes, because of what the beliefs are, becomes this thing of like, no, it's not okay to stray at all. Because if you stray at all, you're now, you're now a lost soul. Or you're going to go to hell or something else. When in reality... You know, I'll just give you an example of this, Brandon. It's happened multiple times in my own personal life, but I remember a specific time in my life where I, I did, I was struggling. Like, I was struggling with some questions as to like, why am, I, why am I going to the church that I go to? And do I actually believe in the things that I believe in? And, and we, I stopped kind of going to church for a while and I wasn't really a part of that culture anymore. And I was wrestling and I was struggling and, that in and of itself is painful, uh, but what it yielded, what they, what the wrestle yielded, was a turn back for me towards my beliefs in God and a personal relationship with my Maker and my Creator, which otherwise would never have happened if I would have stayed caught up in the culture of the religion that we had been raised in. Now yeah. I happen to still be a part of that religion, and I happen to believe in it very strongly but I believe in it more authentically and more fully now as a result of that wrestle than I ever could have if I would have just stayed as a, a you know, this droid going through the motions. Yeah. I just think, um, I, you know, the, the picture you're painting is like you say, so common and you know, how many families are out there where um, they come together and they, they pray together and they, they worship together um, they break bread together and, but, but there, there's, you know, the family, let's say it's a family of six. There's six individuals there with six individual relationships with God, six individual spiritualities going on. And the family comes together and they all smile and they all act like I'm exactly in, right? Like just totally. in. and then on, on more of a macro level, the community is the same way. Like we're all in, we're all, we all go to church and we all believe this exact same thing all together. But that, like you say, there's wrestle. And, and, and I think every human being 
to some degree has, has this struggle to, to, to answer the question, what is God? What, what, you know, where am I, where did I come from and where am I going? And, you know, like what, what is it really? And I don't think blind faith, here are all the answers. Boom. Now follow this is what really helps you sort out that wrestle. Um, I, I, uh, had a client. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I actually don't think that's what blind faith is. Like that's not really faith. That's, uh, faith, faith in by the nature of the definition of the word. Faith is, faith is the ability to throw myself into that wrestle. Yes. That's what faith is. Yes. Um, yeah, Uh, just, just going along with it, with a prescribed system that's going to get you back to heaven. That is not faith. In fact, that is in what, what I believe, that's Satan's plan. That, that's the plan of the devil to say, here you are, here's exactly how you follow and exactly what you do in order to get back to heaven. Um, I, uh, I had a client who, she was struggling with, with her beliefs and her family was very rigid um, very, very just focused on one way uh, with, with the church that they were in. And um, every, every couple times a year, there's a conference. And, and so this client, she was bitter. She was angry. She was resentful toward the, her family and toward the church. But during this conference, there were speakers that would get up and speak. And and the whole conference, she was sending her family messages about how wonderful each talk was and how much she believed and how, and so you think about, you think about the, the discrepancy there um, with her. her the heart, incongruence. Her heart is saying one thing, but her fear is saying, I got to show up as another, right? Um, and, and, you know, we're so worried. Our, our shame beats out our, our truths sometimes. So it's more important for me not to be rejected and abandoned by those who love me than it is for me to pursue truth. Um, and, and that it's so common. So I'll, I'll just shut it down because I don't want to go there. I don't want to find stuff out because I'm worried that my mom and dad might not like me if I do that. Right. Right. Um, and, and you can spend your entire life, even after your, your parents die, you can think about what they might think if you actually pursue things and search things out and find things. Um, and, and, and it really stunts your, your progression spiritually. Yes. And, and it makes sense with what you just described, Brown. If you think about us as human beings, one of our one of our core basic needs in life is to be, is to be in, is to be with people, is to feel connected to others. And when you have one, one of the benefits of like a highly religious type cult family culture is, is that it often does for the, for the people who are in, it often does yield a really deep sense of connection and support and security. And, you know, to be fair, that is one of the benefits of what the Christian sort of, culture religion brings is a sense of a sense of community and a sense of connection and so and and if if that's one of our biggest needs you can see why 
why it would be so difficult to try to end up on the fringe somewhere with the risk that you could, and it's true, this happens, that you could be rejected by the very people that mean the most to you. And so right. there is a lot of, there's a lot of courage in the process. And, you know, it would be nice. It would be nice that if we could expand the culture of, say, you know, some of these religious, uh, religiously sort of rigid groups to include room to have open dialogue about the wrestles that we each go through. And I, I believe, I believe that if you look at the actual Christian, like principles, if you look at like the truth of the principles of Christianity, there is room for that. Well, and right? I, I would, I would go beyond Christianity. I think probably most religions, I don't know, but, but have some element of faith in searching and, and, and pondering and praying and figuring, figuring it out. Um, Scripturally, it's based there. You could, you could, we could each, both of us could go find 10 or 20 different passages of scripture right now that would say, ask and you shall receive, or, you know, it's, it's have faith of a grain of a mustard seed or whatever it is. It's like, it says it's built into that, that we should be able to go. And I could imagine how, imagine how wonderful it would be to go to a family dinner and, Instead of saying like, okay, did everybody end up doing their like so many hours of church and scripture study today? And did you follow all the prescribed things to sit down and say, you know, hey, what's, what are the things you guys are, where, where are you at right now? And what, where, let, yeah. let's, have a, let's have a discussion about these things and let's let, let's let the wrestle happen in the context of the connection right. instead of the risk of disconnection. Right. And I, I think, I actually think that you would see a lot of people um, uh, the people like say, say the parents of this family you're talking about that are so worried about, you know, making sure every one of their kids ends up in heaven because they pres- follow this prescribed routine. Like think about, think about the opportunity they'd be providing their children if they were actually engaged in the process of that discussion and that wrestle as someone who was curious and supportive instead of as okay. the enemy. Okay, Tyler. But, but what I want to do is like, the fact of the matter is the person who asked this question, right. um, they can have their mom and dad listen to this episode, but, but probably they're not going to be able to control their family. And, and so like here, here's some things that I would, I, some pointers I would give is one, you know, you don't have to dump it all on them all at once. Um, you don't have to do it out of anger. You don't have to get to a place where it's like, well, actually, let me tell you how I actually feel. Um, you don't have to do it passively where, you know, you shoot an a- email off from a thousand miles away. Like, um, yeah, there's this thing. Like, let's never talk about this again. But to just own it openly. And, and then secondly, um, let go of expectations and, and, and around how they're going to respond and how they're going to react. So they might respond wonderfully. I just had a friend tell his dad that he was struggling. And his dad was very, very into the church. And the dad was so loving and so kind and so just generous with, with his his thoughts toward him and and uh he was shocked because he expected total rejection um but here's the thing don't have any expectations if they totally reject you if they if they try to force you back in or talk you here's the second piece don't take it personally why are they doing that 
It's because they love you and they, they found this thing that helps them in their life. And they're scared that you're, you're, you're straying, right? You're, you're, you're not going to go down that path and they love you. So, you know, I've seen people who are like, well, you know, I told my family this and then the family will make little comments about church or whatever. And they'll take every little thing the family says as like, see, you're rejecting me. You're telling me I'm bad. You're telling, don't take it personally. Let them be them as much as you want them to let you be you. Right. Um, and so that's, that's a good start. Don't, don't have expectations. Don't make assumptions about how they're going to respond. This is all in the four agreements, by the way. Um, don't take it personally and just be honest with them about who you are. So any, any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think what you're saying is what I see too often happen is that it does build and build and build to a breaking point. And then when it does come out, it comes out in a way that nobody really thinks is effective. Yeah. You know, it'll come out through anger and resentment and bitterness, or it'll come out through this like passive or passive aggressive way. And it, I think being able to step in and then what, you, what you're getting at here is, Brennan, is it takes courage. And the hard thing is it takes the ability to be empathetic and compassionate at the same time that you're speaking your truth. Right. And so if I'm going into it and I'm saying, yeah, I know it's going to devastate my family. My parents are probably going to flip a lid when this happens. Well, that they may or they may not. But if I know them and I know that that might happen, what could be the reason why? And I can still speak the truth, but it'll help me in that, in that process of not taking it personal. When I can go, well, this is something that's been really, really you know, deep-seated for my family or my parents. And it's something that has really helped my parents and... And so, of course, they're going to be a little bit protective of it, but it's, well, it's them but, being protective of their beliefs and of their, of their system of, of thinking and not necessarily a rejection of me per se. Well, but, so, Tyler, this is a classic, uh, classic thing that we see all the time is, is to have empathy for them and compassion for where they're at. I think that requires one thing, and it requires you having your own boundaries. And so... Um, and if you, if you felt trampled on or forced spiritually for your entire life, it's a really hard thing to do to go to your family and say, I really want to hear you guys. I want to feel with you guys about how you feel about where I'm at. And I know where I stop and you begin. And, and I know where, where I can say, like, this is what works for me and this is what doesn't work for me. So I have compassion for you and empathy for, for maybe how much this, this triggers grief and, and sadness inside of you. But I'm not going to then give up my truths because I have that empathy, right? Right. Um, so, so to be so bound, to know your truths and know who you are. Go ahead, Tyler. No, yeah. So I was just going to say, just to encapsulate what you just said. So in essence, what you're saying is, is you, go, you would go to your family and you would say, I know that this is really hard for you. And I know that there's some real things that you're feeling about this. And I would rather have you know me from a place of pure honesty and integrity than to feel like I'm just living a lie. And so I know that's hard on you, but that's... Well, and so let's, let's role play a little bit. Let's say I'm dad and I say you are living a lie. I mean, we know these things are true and you just want to go off and like do a bunch of stuff and experience life and um, you, you'll get hurt by that. You know what, dad? Like I, 
I totally see where you're coming from. In fact, I have some of those fears myself and maybe what you're saying is absolutely true, but, but I also want you to know that I, I've got to go and figure those things out for myself. And I, sure what is, love what is there to figure out? Your, your what is there to support? figure out? We already have the truth. We have the gospel. What is there to figure out? That's a, you know, I know, I know that that's how you feel. And I wish my heart was in the same spot. And that's, that's where I'm working towards. I don't know where this ends, but I need the space to go and have my heart line up with what your heart's saying or not. But I need to be able to come to that conclusion on my own. See, and so I could, uh, I want to, I like the role play, by the way. I want to press pause for a second. <laughs> um, I could, as the dad, I could, I could continue to, to be unboundaried and be, be a jerk and try to force my child um, to come back into the fold. And in, in, in the episode on faith crisis with Tony Overbay, um, dad is a, he's a stage three. Um, the child here is, is getting toward a stage five, maybe working through a stage four. So go back, listen to that episode. But what's happening is um, it's just a rigid system of beliefs. Like this is what is. So there's very little discussion um, point there that can be had, right? So as you're trying to explain yourself, um, I'm not wanting to listen, right? Sure. And it can get to a point where you need to just say, dad, like I need to end this conversation. I love you. Um, but I don't, I really don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, this is where I'm at. And I wanted you to know that. And that's that. Yes. Right. And, and there's a boundary there of like, we, you can press, 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 press all you want, but I'm done. Right. 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 But now I've, but now I've also created space for myself because I've been honest with them about where I'm at. You're congruent now. Yeah. So now, yeah, so exactly. So now I'm congruent in, in exactly what I'm trying to do and who I am right now in this moment. And that, that by nature takes some of the suffering out of the situation, even a though lot. there's, Yes. Even though there's still pain and there's still going to be rejection, there's still going to be this pressure that might be coming. And in the example we're going through right now, um, at least I can go to bed tonight on a clear conscience, knowing that my family knows where I stand and that I'm giving myself permission to step into that struggle and that wrestle that is inevitable for me to have. Yep. And, and I would add, um, when I say be boundaried, I also mean... Um, like letting your mom and dad and siblings have their feelings. Um, so you don't need to fix them uh, if they're disappointed or they're sad or angry. Like, then let them go deal with those emotions. They can go deal with those emotions. Um, it's not yours to take on or yours to change or yours to make okay. And, and if you can let go of that and surrender that over to them, um, then you you can step into your truth and be okay. Isn't that the beauty of this that we're talking about right now, Brandon? And especially with this the question being kind of Christian based, isn't isn't that at the essence of what the plan is all about? Is is that we as family members and people that we're close to and we love? We I heard a quote one time from one of my church leaders that basically said. We, we are each other's clinical material and we make a mistake when we disregard that sober fact. And, and in essence, what we're saying is my wrestle, by nature of being honest with it, now affords my family members an opportunity. opportunity to actually come to know 
different aspects of what it's like to be like Christ. If right. they so choose, if they so choose to go and do that wrestle on and process themselves, it and figure it out and work through their stuff. Ultimately it all that this living with authenticity only leads back to the ability and opportunity for everybody to come to know Christ better. Right. Right. Um, there's a paradox where we, we are completely connected. We're completely, totally connected. We are one living organism and we're completely separate. You know, we are ourselves. We are independent. We have our own soul. And, and you know, within that dialectic or however that paradox works, um, that's where um, creating growth and love really exists, right? So like you as my brother, Tyler, I am deeply connected to you. Um, you are the first person I can remember ever remembering in my life, right? Um, one year older than me, my older brother, right? Deeply connected to you. If you were hurt, if you were sad, if you were struggling, um, I, would, I would feel hurt and sad quickly, right? At the same time, you're very different than me. Um, and you approach life different. You have different perspectives. And you don't have to be me just because we're so close. Um, it's, it's awesome that you are individual from me. And we're family, right? Um, that, I believe, is where really healthy interdependency is and healthy attachment is. And things like religion, these, these hot-button topics... They really, they, they really show that in a family. They show the attachment wounds, the attachment issues, the over-attachment, the codependent behavior, right? Um, so I'm glad this, this, this question got brought up about religion because it does flush out this stuff. But these, are, these principles apply to, to whatever, um, any other topic. So. Right, yeah. And, and Brandon, I was just going to say, like, I, I feel the same way. You know, we pretty much were raised in almost an identical home. And yet somehow, because we're both individuals with the slightly different experiences that, that happened, we both look at the world differently. And the truth is, is that you and I even vary on our own spiritual beliefs in some ways. Absolutely. Right? And, and it should be okay that when you share with me what your spiritual beliefs are, that if they don't line up with my beliefs, I'm going to have an emotional reaction. I'm going to feel, depending on what you tell me, but if I disagree with it and I, I really worry for your salvation, then I'm going to feel sad and I'm going to feel like worried. And I should be able, as your brother who loves you because we're connected, your beliefs, your individual beliefs do have an impact on me. I should be able to acknowledge that there's an impact there without without getting stuck in being a victim myself or without feeling like I've got to ram you back into being trying just to like force me. me back in. I, I should, there should be room for me to come back to you and say, geez, Brandon, thanks for sharing, man. Like I can, I can kind of see where you're coming from. And I'm, I'm worried about you for these reasons because of my beliefs here. And then you should be able to come back and say, geez, Tyler, I'm so glad you're concerned for me. And you know, I don't know who's right here. Like, right. I guess we'll, I guess we'll go, I guess we'll continue to figure this out, but let's, let's go on the journey together uh, in a certain sense that we can support one another in our own personal processes, but also acknowledge that there is an impact there. Right. And, 
and it's okay. Like that's, that's kind of how it's designed to be. That's, you know, that's, that's how, that's how we get the experience to learn how to process our own emotions and share our own truths and, and, and hopefully make each other better by, by going through that process together. Absolutely. I, uh, I love that Tyler, you know, where, where, where we can see where you, you might feel emotional about some things that I believe or I'm doing in my life, but there's this, there's this kind of vulnerable, uncomfortable space where it's like, you can be emotional and I can be okay with you being emotional. Um, but I, but I'm not gonna take that emotion on as force into trying to coerce me into being you. Right. Right. And I should um, not be forcing you. I should be okay with being emotional, but I should also be okay with surrendering your choice and your agency back to yourself. Exactly. And, and, and giving me that space. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I, 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 I want to say one, one last thing here. And, um, you know, the, the question is, you know, should I tell my family? Um, I don't think that that answer is as obvious as, as you might think of like, yes, you should tell your family. Um, I, I think living your life in the light is, is, is so important. However, I think people earn the right to hear your story. And um, I, I would say don't shy away from telling them because you're, you're in fear. But do shy away from telling them if they're not healthy and they're going to overstep their boundaries big time, maybe you need to tell a best friend instead um, who, who loves you, who's going to be empathetic and honest with you at the same time, right? So just because they're your family doesn't mean that you have to tell them. Um, but, but I would say give them a chance um, if, if you think that they can listen some. Um, do you understand what I'm saying, Tyler? Yes, and it might be the type of thing where you go and at least clear some ground for yourself to to let people know where you're at. And then if they show that, at least for the time being, they might not be the right people to hold that, you're probably not going to continue an ongoing discussion with some of those people. Right. Whereas other people who can have shown that they're at least willing to to listen and show empathy and and ask really good questions you'll probably, you'll probably continue that discussion with other family members. And so yes. I, I, I do think that there is some merit to, and again, it doesn't have to be like this whole family sit down intervention thing. It might be individual one by one. Maybe right. I select, maybe I select you and say, Hey Brandon, I got to take you for lunch and let's talk. And then maybe I, you know, at a, at the next family party, I mentioned one or two smaller things around, you know, other family members that don't quite go into the same detail that I had with you. And that's, that's okay. As long as, as long as I'm living from a place of integrity and I'm creating some ground and some space to, to give myself room to do that wrestle. And, and if people and my family members want to come along on that process and be supportive of that, great. I'll let them in. And if they don't, then at least they know where I stand That'll be something that probably doesn't get talked about a lot at the next family dinner. We'll stick to other topics and fight right. about politics or something else. <laughs> and, you know, and then that topic will be off, off, off grounds and pretty soon we'll be talking about nothing but like our, our kids and their sports or something, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's, and that's the way it'll be if it's not a safe landing space, but yeah. at least there's integrity. 
Yep. I, there, there's a, there's an ancillary benefit here that, that I, I think is unseen. And that's when somebody steps into courage and does some vulnerable stuff, especially within a family. Um, usually there's another person or two other people who are like, whoa, I've been feeling the same thing, but, but I've been so scared to talk about it. And they just talked about it and it gives me some safety now to be a little more open, a little more honest. Um, so it does bless other people's lives as well. Um, I, I, uh, I, I used to live in the Philippines and over in the Philippines, there's the nastiest dogs like everywhere. You heard me tell this story. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. I've heard about the dogs, but I don't know about the story. I mean, they, they have, we, we called one dog crispy because he has scales and it was just like this crispy looking, well, crispy snuck in our house one day and jumped on our couch. Um, <laughs> but so, so I'm, I'm in the Philippines and when I'm in the Philippines, these dogs would start barking at you and they'd start walking toward you. And what they'd expect is for you to turn around and run away, and then they'd chase you. Um, and I learned quickly that that's not what you do. Uh, when a dog's barking like that, I would take two very solid steps toward that dog, and I'd, I'd try to look it right in the eye. Um, and, and then I'd usually bend over and act like I was picking up a rock. Um, but the point to my story is, the way to, to overcome fear is not to run from it. Um, that will fuel more fear. Uh, it, it'll get you stuck more in the fear and that fear will start to bite your ankles and hurt you. Um, the way to deal with fear is to turn and face it and look at it and deal with it. So the person who asked this question, you're starting to look at it. You're, 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 I mean, you're, you're asking us the question, you're starting to look at this and you know that it's scary. But the more you face it, what you're going to realize, what would happen with these dogs is they just kind of wander off. Like they just wouldn't be that important in my life for the rest of the day. And that's how a lot of fear is, is it feels overwhelming and all consuming. But if you turn and you face it and you deal with it, it's not as big as you think that it is. It's not as hard and difficult to overcome as you think that it is. So you got this. Practice courage. You can do this. Okay. Um, any last words, Tyler? Amen, brother. I just would, would also say to whoever asked this question, which could be pretty much um, a, like a fifth of the percentage of people listening to this right now, <laughs> probably right now, is just to recognize, one, you really are not alone. Um, two, this is difficult. And what Brandon's saying is absolutely true. But the when dealing with fear, it's the first two or three steps in that are the most painful. And then after that, it really does often just sort of wander off or sometimes you even conquer it and see it in a totally different light. So um, great question. Thank you for being willing to submit the question to us. All right, if, guys. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, Brent, I was just going to wrap it up too, but I was just going to say, you guys, if you guys have found some value in this, please, uh, please share this. Uh, your feedback to us through your likes, through your subscribes, through your sharing is, is really beneficial to us and the cause that we're trying to push here with trying to help people live more wholehearted lives. And uh, we really appreciate your support. So thank you. Yep. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you.